In 2020, four friends decide to listen to every one of the greatest 500 albums as decided by Rolling Stone magazine. This resulted in a text chain that celebrated the music, excoriated the order, and led us to making this podcast. We are far from experts, and we promise to do almost no research. All opinions are our own, unless you disagree. Please sit back and enjoy Beck Did It Better. From 1987, this is album 61, Paid in Full by Eric B. and Rakim. Guys, if only I knew who their agent and manager were, I could include that too, but I have no idea. It's just impossible <laughs> to tell with these guys. It's, it's hard to tell. Uh, it's listen, let's let's go to the radio. I actually <laughs> heard that K-Rob, believe it or not, K-Rob, Ooh, I, like that I have... I have given them a little money to talk about our podcast. So let's see. Let's listen to them talk about it. Here we go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to K-Rob, K-R-O-B. Listen, this week, Rob and the boys are talking about paid in full. But have you heard about the newest hit, Laid Russell? Oh, no. (laughs) Hey, Rob, what's up? Hey, I'm making this song trying to get more people to date Russell. (laughs) Well, check this out. You're the main host, right? Nah, true. And Aaron is the guy who laughs at everything? Word up. And Matt is the guy who doesn't talk so much, but it's actually good because then Rob can talk more? Indeed. And we're trying to make people date our co-host, Russ. Yeah. We've given (laughs) him lots of good advice from going alpha on the bartender to playing jazz in the car to actually staying in contact when he goes on a work trip. What else did you tell him? And going on dates that don't involve a walk, but do involve a chair so he doesn't have to sit on the floor. Yes. Maybe after this song, we can get some more people to date Russell. Yes. Thinking of a master plan. Yes. To get more dates for Russ, my man. Woo. So I'm going to do some improvises to make a rap with some dating advices. Woo. If you follow everything I say, there's a good chance I could get you laid. Yeah. Go to neighborhood parties to make some alliances. Go to the store to get some kitchen appliances. Use yeah. a translator so you can understand her. Avoid the places with the cute bartender. Woo. Beginning of dates, <laughs> I think it's best to start it out with a pregnancy test. Yeah. Some people really think it's great to get your hair done on a secret date. To me, it's real simple. Just show them the amount of cash you have in the bank account. Yeah. Just do everything here that we have discussed, and we can get people to date our boy, Russ. Take my advice, and we can be successful to meet our goal, which is to get you late, Russell. Yes. <laughs> when you want to hear about the greatest albums of all time. I'm going to need you to pee on this stick, please. It really wasn't fair. I saw paid in full. All you have to get is late, Russell. Like, oh, it's too easy. Perfect. The best is that every day I go up to now and I'm going to pick the woman up and that's going to be playing in the background. Well, believe it or not, I've already sketched an album art for the single. I think they did it better. Okay, and I will admit, I put on some extra veins on there, but I think it's a really good album art. Actually, I'm pretty proud of myself. These are drawings I've been working on ever since middle school. (laughs) Big and veiny. All right, listen, this is Beck Did It Better, the podcast about the top 500 albums of all time. Listen. I've got three guys here who can really relate to the song Ain't No Jokes. I got Matt in Minneapolis. Matt, how are you doing? Just great, Rob. Just great. Thanks for having me. I got Russell in Minnesota. Russell, how are you doing today? Guys, I like to stand in a crowd and watch the people wonder, damn, but think about it. Then you'll understand. Nobody beats the R. Check out my melody. Seriously, guys, I'm requesting that you all refer to me as the R for the rest of this episode. <laughs> Switch it around. Oh, it still comes out. The R. R. Yes. The R. <laughs> the R. Uh, and Aaron, do you know what girls say to guys with big dicks? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
No, of course you don't. Aaron in California, how are you doing, Aaron? Oh, that wasn't right. <laughs> that wasn't right. You're right. No smiling. I'm just here to I'm just here to nominate my main host for president. Let's talk about Eric being Rakim. Not Rakim, Rakim. Sounds good, oh. Rakim. I'll go, okay, well, okay, that's not a big deal. <sighs> I'm not stressed about that right off the bat. <sighs> All right, so let's get to this week's voicemails. And guess what? So stupid. We actually have a return contestant on this week's voice. Emails. They can't even tell what we're doing. God, the <laughs> listeners are dumb shits. They're just the dumbest. I will dumb. say, by the way, our voicemail and, and text are blowing up. It's crazy. Yeah. Hi, guys. Matt from New York again. A uh, couple things. Uh, first of all, Rob didn't show up to my party. So <laughs> I'm so well, fuck. I mean, it was no big deal. Uh, like, we had a ton of fun and, uh, you know, even that store bought cake. And so, like, whatever. Listeners, goodbye. Moving on to, to something uh, a little bit more up Russ's alley. Um, uh, just curious, what would you do if on one of your dates, um, Took a took one of your dates to a comedy show and she started uh, heckling the uh, the performer. Oh, oh God! Uh, and would you leave, hide under the desk, oh. join in? Uh, obviously, this has nothing to do with my personal life. Just uh, just curious. <laughs> uh, okay, thank you. What was the question? What if the what if your date heck- started heckling the performer in a, a comedy show act? Wow, that's a tough question. Normally, I want to avoid any sort of undue attention. Typically, but mm-hmm. honestly, I think it really depends on how hot she is. If she's super hot <laughs> and she can get away with heckling, heckling the, the performer, then I think you go for it. If wow. not, then I think you got to stay to yourself, right? Russell, but- that is so pathetic because that is exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> you have really scraped the bottom of the bucket because I'm like, if she's hot and everybody looks at her and then they see I'm the date, it's a win-win, baby. That's what I'm talking about. But what yeah. is the key to being a good heckler to begin with? No. Is it like the hay? There is none. There is none. I'm telling you, I go yeah. to the, we go to the comedy store. We go to the comedy cellar like once a month. We see it. Nobody ever is a good heckler. They are they drunk win. and they are talking to him and it ruins the show and it's the worst. I don't even like people talking around. I'm not, they, everyone who heckles thinks, oh, I'm helping out the show. I'm helping this person out. You're not. Like you mm-hmm. are making it, especially for a Midwestern guy like me. It is so incredibly awkward when a comic has to be like, Please shut up. Like people, and especially as a teacher, I can relate to it because I just, I, it's the same thing. You got to be like, oh, am I here to hear you talk students? No, this is my turn. Okay. This, this is the only place in my life where people actually get to listen to me. Heckling is always bad. And if your date does it, you need to get up and excuse yourself to the bathroom and then leave. I might strongly beg to disagree with Rob's assertion that his classroom is the only place in his life where people are forced to listen to him. But we're all, hey, we're all here for 60 some episodes. I mean, who knows? Well, I see what you did there. <laughs> it took all think, my willpower to sit there and listen to that sentence. I will say that. I'm very proud of myself. I think I think heckling the comic is right up there with being rude to the wait staff, rude to an Uber driver, something along those lines. I think it happens once and she's out the door. I, yeah, it's it, poor it, form. It, it, you, you can't do it. It's, it's especially because you're ruining the show for everybody else. Nobody goes to a comedy show being like, wow, I hope I'm sitting next to a really good heckler. Yeah, get up there on stage if you think you got what it takes. You be the one to get up there. I told you guys I went. I had a friend of mine. Okay. There's like the 67 year old woman who is doing stand up comedy, right? She's like, hey, I'm doing stand up comedy. I was like, I will be there. This I have to see. I have to see a place where people like you're doing stand up comedy. She was okay. She was, but I saw somebody do a five minute bit telling jokes to no laughs, zero laughs. Nobody laughed once at any of the jokes. And I was like, I could not do that for 10 seconds. If I tell one joke and nobody laughs, and I'm not even talking about like podcasts, I'm talking about real life. 
I tell a joke and nobody laughs, it messes me up for a while. And I was just sitting there and I was like, this is my hell is watching somebody bomb. And they're like looking at me and I'm looking at them and I'm like, yeah, you're not like, I gave them a couple pity laughs to start. And then after that, I was like, I can't do it anymore. I can't. It was too, and it wasn't even like super offensive or super edgy. It just wasn't like, it was like, it was like somebody ex- like heard about what a joke might be, but never actually heard a joke and then tried to emulate it. It was just terrible. Doesn't sound familiar to this pod at all, does it, Rob? Yeah, I've never, no, never experienced doesn't that. Doesn't, Rob? Nope. Totally foreign concept to us. Yeah, like when I ask Aaron what they say to people with big dicks, and he goes, mm. Huh? Mm. I'm like, <laughs> what okay, am I well, say? Yeah, yeah I mean, you say no. You know what the goddamn joke is. You know what I'm setting you up for. Just help <laughs> yeah. me out, please. No way. <laughs> Not that. No. <laughs> I got to ask you guys. I don't. I was thinking about this. I don't know if a comedy club is a great date spot. I think you run the risk of them mm-hmm. bringing up some sort of uncomfortable topic. They, they, they discover the comic discovers that you're there on a date and they zero in and they start picking on you. I think there's a lot more that can go wrong at a comedy club than would go right. It's definitely not a first date. Would you say that's a top five fear of yours? Cause I've heard you bring that up before that you're worried about seeing a comic and getting singled out as being on a date. That sounds like it's a major fear. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I want to be picked on by someone who's way funnier than me in front of a bunch of people. I, I have no problem if someone you guys are going to pick on me one-on-one or via this podcast where I don't have to see people laughing yeah. at me. I just know it's happening. Mm-hmm. That's totally different than being in the middle of the room and you're the center of attention and you're the butt of the joke. I'm not down with that. I go every time I go to the comedy place, I'm like, I'm hoping I get to sit in the front. I'm hoping they're going to talk to me. I think it'd be fun. Never. They put me so far back. It's crazy. I'm using binoculars to see the show. Mm-hmm. So I think there is only one thing I can do, though, because I do feel still feel bad about missing this guy's party to the point now where he's just communicating with me via voicemail on my podcast. Via podcast. I think I'm going to have to invite him to one of my epic parties that I have. That's just the way it is. What kind of epic party do you have? We usually rent out the roof and we hire a bartender and I have friends over. Sounds pretty epic. Yeah, it rules. (laughs) It's awesome. We get blasted out of our brains because I'm in my own building. I can just walk downstairs. It's it's Jenny and Jenny invites all all of Rob's friends from Minnesota, but then makes them be the bartenders and clean up after everything and stuff. So it's really fun, guys. Let me tell you, you'd be lucky if you got to be the bartender. You're probably just filling buckets of ice for that party. You're just you're mopping floors. Ah, damn it, seventeen floors up again. Yeah, walking around with that shovel. Cleaning up the shit after the the pony rides or whatever, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's get into hey, every. Before before oh. we get into that, can we oh, no. uh, can we discuss something that came up on the last episode that needs to be addressed? Uh-oh. Oh, okay. Wow. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm here for it. I think this could be kind of serious, and it may really impact someone on this podcast. That person being Matt, and so uh, I just needed what? to bring this up. Okay. Last time on our podcast, Matt mentioned that his mother-in-law texted him and said, you don't look anything like John Candy. She was clearly listening to the podcast <laughs> right. and heard that Matt said he looked like John Candy. She's got it wrong. And it makes me wonder whether she even knows who Matt is on the podcast. <laughs> oh, because no. We oh, specifically no. spent time talking. I said, this is the R talking now, otherwise known as Russ. The R <laughs> okay. said Switching that, around, it still comes that out I R. had been accused of looking like John Candy and it gave me this complex and we had talked about it, but no one had ever mentioned Matt talk. To- being looking like John Candy. So I legit think that Matt's mother-in-law listens to this pod and thinks that I am Matt. Is that true, Matt, or what's happening here? Well, I, that, that this is all coming back to me now. I do remember <laughs> that, you know, I do remember that conversation we had it. I have not listened to the episode. No, no I don't know. To verify, no, it, uh, verify or anything, but yeah, that's a good question. Well, I'm going to have to, might have to stealth, like check in. With <laughs> is her there a see, chance yeah. she thinks bats on all these data gaps and she's got no issue with it? <laughs> <or anything? laughs> yeah. 
She's like, well, my grandkids seem happy. I guess it's fine. I'm not, I'm not worried. No one's complaining to me. So everything's okay. <laughs> I guess they don't I'm have to do his laundry anymore. <laughs> Can you imagine <laughs> knowing Matt and listening to the podcast? You would just, you'd be like, okay, when, uh, hey, when does he, I heard him introduce himself, but now, uh, so is he going to speak up? Oh, the rating time. system. Here he comes. He's going to give a little thing about how he didn't listen to the album during the rating system. But. So maybe it's possible she listened to one episode, listened to like a half hour and only heard three voices and figured one of them had to be Matt and didn't know that the R was even on the episode, but she was definitely <laughs> confused, Matt. At some point in this episode, I'm going to stop laughing when you refer to yourself as the R, but every no, time I never will. Right now, I love it. It wouldn't be so bad except if he's wearing a shirt that says the R in big letters. Then he's got a big chain that has an R, a giant R yes. on it. Yes. Um, I, so let's do a little thing. I'm going to, I'm going to help your mother-in-law. Okay. So this yeah. is Patty. This Patty. is going to help Patty. Oh, Patty. So Patty, listen, yeah. this is me. I'm Rob. <laughs> so that's my voice. This is me. I'm Rob. Okay. This is, um, this is Aaron. That's what I'm going to start calling my penis. Okay. That's Aaron's <laughs> voice. This is Matt. That's what I call my penis. Okay. And then this is Russell. All I want to do is make love to you. So that's oh! all. Okay. <laughs> all I want to do is make love to you. So, uh, Pat, if you want to make that your ringtone or whatever, feel free. This is the R coming at you. All I want to do is make love to you. Yeah. Well, I got to I got to give it to, up to our fans. I have had two personal phone calls telling me how much they liked the talking book episode, which I think might be our our best that we're ever going to do. Um and I also had we got multiple text messages this week, some of which I put on Instagram, including our fans sending us a mini Tabasco bottle, you know that you get like at a brunch place and says this is for your dick pics. And at first I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, what am I, what are people talking about? Cause I get these messages kind of mixed in with my own messages. So I don't always know it's for the podcast. And I was like, I just got one too. Hold on. (laughs) It's craziness. And then I also got a message that said uh, how much they like the pod. It was just, I like, I got so many messages. It was so nice. I appreciate it. Matt, Matt, the Tabasco dick one, that was just from me to you. That was not from a podcast (laughs) listener. There was somebody who had their hand up to like a mini uh, flower bag. Was that, was that just to me or was that? That was just to you. (laughs) So whoever is sending that shit to Matt, please send it to the Beck did it better account. 802-277-BECK. If you send it to Matt, it's like going into a black hole. It's not coming out. Matt is like, oh my God, I'm getting so much content on my phone. I didn't even know about well, I was just, I was confused. I had no idea what, what it was. I don't listen to the pods. I don't know. You got your hand into a mini flower bag and man's like, no, there's a normal text. I don't need to pay attention to that. Oh no. Is it bigger or smaller than a little shampoo Matt, bottle? I know the kids downstairs. Oh man, has to go take care of his kids. He's going to go explain why the mini flower is so funny compared to a dick pic. Cause the thing is when something is smaller, the dick is going to look bigger and that's the oh. key to a dick pic, right? Oh, would it be funny if you took a dick pic of just a flaccid penis and sent it to somebody? That would be a funny gag, would it? Hey, you still up? And it's just a little piece of gum in a bird's nest. And you're like, oh, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Show her not a grower, right? <laughs> and sometimes yeah. not even a grower. I mean, yeah, honestly. Where this, gro- where this grows. Right? I'm so over. stressed right now. <laughs> this usually doesn't happen. Yeah. And sometimes it's a grower, but then after that, nothing happens. And that's normal, too. And that's fine, actually. Uh, all right. Let's get into everybody's favorite. Russell, do you have any more detective work that you've done? No. R? Sorry. I got to no, start calling you no, The R. The R. <laughs> I'm begging you. Please correct me the rest of the night for the R. That's the plan. 
Yeah, it's the master plan. Well, let's get into everybody's <laughs> favorite segment. Rolling, going. It's 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 time. It's 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 time. To Matt's see kids came downstairs. Hey, Dad, why are you getting so many texts of tiny objects? Rolling, What's the point? Oh. I already made that joke, but Matt came back, put the yeah. headphones on, so I had to make it again. Worth it. Uh, Rosie, rolling, going. How's it going with you? Oh, hey, it's going great. I took a vacation last week with my family. Mm-hmm. It was fantastic. Go? We went to Kauai. It was oh. marvelous. Uh, ate as much poke as I could. I think I ate poke every day. Uh, Rob, I did not take any photos for you. I apologize. I was trying to generate more poke content for you, but I didn't do it. Um, that's, that's, uh, it actually really pissed me off when you sent me that text of like, oh, I had a great poke in Hawaii. I didn't send Rob a picture. Hey, guess what? I know. Fuck you. Okay? I know. Worst, worst thing I could do, not send you the photo. I really apologize. I had a super good time. I got on a surfboard twice, which I, I usually only get on once, but I went twice this time. Uh, I wouldn't say that I surfed. I didn't really ride a wave, but I like to get out there and get my ass kicked. Uh, that was great. And the best part was when I was getting my ass kicked on the surfboard, I did see a sea turtle like 10 feet from me. So that really like at least made it worthwhile, like me and a sea turtle out there on the out on the open seas. Uh, but unfortunately, I have to say, Aaron, Rob, Aaron, 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 I, I can't I can't go without it saying this. OK, are you sure it wasn't that your pants fell down and you looked down and you saw a sea turtle? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and I'm sorry. Not worth it. Not funny. I knew it wasn't funny when I said it. I but I can't help it. Board shirts fell off. I looked down. I couldn't tell if it was me or the moray eel. I wasn't sure what was going. It was whether it was me or the mud shark. I'm not sure. I was going snorkeling with a friend of mine, and he was like, "Bro, check out this brain coral." And I went down, and he had his scrotum outside of his swimsuits and was holding it. And I was like, "That's a good joke, bro. Got to give it up." Going down below, putting on my mask, looking at your scrotum. Funny as hell. That's hard to beat. My my problem is I at this point was, I don't know, 2,500 miles from California. I don't know how many miles that makes me from New York. I cannot escape Rob as an influence in my life. I go halfway across the country from Rob. I'm seven, eight hours, nine hours away from him on the time zones. Rob is still a part of my life. So two things happened. One, uh, some friends of mine from uh, the Midwest, from Ankeny, Iowa, we're celebrating their, their 50th wedding anniversary. So the request was to make them a video to wish them happy anniversary. Oh no. So I'm, I'm giving them, you know, Hey Rob and Linda, you know, happy anniversary. Huh? Here's my memory of you all. And my son is in the video and all he wants to say is, Hey, Hey guys, my dad has another friend named Rob. As though, <laughs> yes, <Rob's> right. As, <laughs> as though this Rob is the most important Rob in my life. He couldn't let it go. He had to tell Rob and Linda that there's another friend. There's another Rob that I like. So that was important. Hey, so that can I send up. out a message? Can I send out a message to your Rob? Yeah, you can. I'll send you the link. You can send. <laughs> Sorry, Rob. That's the way it is. You're dumb shit. Hey, I'm Rob number one. Whatever Aaron's kid's name is. Aaron's kid at gmail.com. But the other one that came up is that the snorkeling masks, for the most part, seem like the snorkeling masks you've seen on the beach for your whole life with the goggles and the tube that comes yep. out. It's just normal stuff. Right. But there are some new new style snorkeling masks that are a full sort of face shield. And then the breathing tube looks exactly like a personal massage device. And so all I could think about <laughs> what? What? <laughs> was how many jokes Rob could make. Oh, I almost just passed out. I laughed so hard I almost passed out. <laughs> some oh of them God. are one on each side. Oh. And so oh, you yeah. watch these people with them in their mouths before they go in the water. And then they get in the water and it's just like dildos poking up out of the water. And like 
my wife and I are just like, Rob should be here to make these jokes. <laughs> and I can't escape it. I took a break for a week yep. on Hawaii on a tropical island. And all I can think about are the dildo jokes that Rob would make about these. The, the whole time you're just thinking, that looks like a Steely Dan. That looks yeah. like a Van Morrison. <laughs> yes. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it so funny how many things look like vibrators nowadays? Like my yeah. wife's razors that are in the shower. Why do they look like vibrators? I don't know why women's razors have to look like vibrators. My razors don't look like vibrators. Hers are like all curvy and like. It, it's crazy. What would be crazy is if you put that snorkel in your mouth and then it had variable speeds. It's like, <laughs> isn't it, I always think that's weird too, that vibrators have multiple speeds. It's like, it doesn't need a multiple speed. It needs 100% speed and that's it. Nobody is doing this like, <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, that's what I like. It sounds good. I like it when it revs up like that. Uh, yeah. Those new, those new masks though, the full face mask, like they look awesome, don't they? Like, it looks like you're, like, in a submarine, but the submarine is you. It looks cool. The full face mask looks like, yeah, you look like an astronaut who's going out snorkeling. Like, the face mask itself looks amazing, but the, the breathing apparatus question. I do have two. I have two things to say to you. Number one, okay, the fact that something looks like a vibrator and then you instantly think of me is weird. Okay, that's a weird thing that I'm, like, your vibrator guy. You and your wife talk about me when you see something that looks like a vibrator. Mm-hmm. Don't know how I feel about that. Number two. I didn't think about you at all this last week. Not <laughs> once did you enter my mind. <laughs> no, you were the farthest thing from my mind. Not, I didn't see a single thing that made me think of you. Didn't didn't even contemplate where you were up to. Didn't ask how Hawaii was. Nothing. That's so what Matt sad. usually thinks of us while we're doing this podcast. <laughs> the three of us are the last During thing the on the podcast. His mind. <laughs> Matt walked away for 10 minutes. None of us really even noticed. No, Aaron, of course, I thought about you a ton. I That's so mean of me to say, but it's too funny. Um, it's a good joke. It's a good joke. Thank you. That's what I was waiting to hear. I was like pressuring Aaron to be nice to me, but for being mean to him, you sick fuck. <laughs> what was the best part of your trip to Hawaii, Aaron? Well, the best part was that I was there with my childhood best friend who was there with his kids. So the absolute best part was that my son got to play with my friend Scott's kids uh, on the beach, and my son was all about the beach. He was in the water all day, every day, and so just oh like yeah, him running around. How long have you known Scott? Um. At probably 30 years uh, or more. So, yeah, we grew up together, went to East Elementary in uh, Ankeny, Iowa together. And our kids, his kids are three and six and mine is four. So it was like this felt like a real like once in a lifetime kind of experience. Isn't it amazing, too, how fast kids like that can just make friends? Like you're just like, here's a kid your age and they're like, "Okay, we're friends now. Okay, let's go to the beach. It's like 100 percent. Please. I've worked with people for three years and I would not consider them a friend at all. Right. And kids just hit it right off. Like Wallace was like, we were going home. He was telling the TSA people like, I made a good friend on vacation. Like it was amazing. Like he's, yeah, Yeah. it was, that was, that was easily. Thank you for asking Russell. That was the highlight. Wallace, why, how was your vacation in Hawaii? Oh, it was great. But uh, on the beach, every time some, some people put some stuff in their mouths, my mom and dad would laugh about it. (laughs) And they talk about their good friend, Rob. Does your kid listen to the podcast? Like, how does he know you just talk about me that much? We talk about Uncle Rob, yeah, because we he knows that he knows Uncle Rob is the master of dirty jokes. So he knows Rob is the, the king oh, of dirty jokes. Come on, man. <laughs> and you've got that towel hanging up in your bed. You <laughs> <towel? Yeah. laughs> okay, so I did send you guys a towel with me and a speedo on it, uh, <laughs> with a picture of it. So okay, that does actually make more sense that I Uncle Rob is the king of dirty jokes and you get a towel. All right, not gonna explain the whole joke again. Fair. Russell, rolling going, Fair how's enough. it going with you? Rolling going, things are going well with me. Aaron traveled last week. I also traveled last week. I went to the Windy City. I went to Chicago for a work trip, and I extended. I went a day early, stayed a little bit of a day late. So I thought I would share some of my adventures in Chicago with you guys and see what you guys think of 
of these as some some more tourist activities as Matt is one to do. All right, let's hear it. Yeah, I want to hear it. So first day, you guys know I'm on this quest to see all the baseball stadiums. I've already been to Wrigley before, but the the Cardinals were playing at the Cubs. I was like, I need to go to a, a Wrigley game. So I went and checked out a game at Wrigley, started in on some some drinks early in the afternoon. Uh-oh. Is there a better place to go to a game and then hang out afterwards than Wrigley Field and Wrigleyville? I don't nope. think so, right? Take the train back home whenever you're ready to leave. Take the train in, all that good stuff. Nope, that's great. Yeah, I in, right in the middle so. of the neighborhood. There's bars everywhere. They redid everything, so they've got all these cool new places to walk around and go to. And yeah, just the whole vibe is awesome. That's it. Russell's just in a, he's in a bar and it's just all guys that look exactly like him. He's like, hey, this is great. This is He's heaven. doing the Spider-Man meme. I, I did realize I don't care at all about sports, though. When I was there, I was like, I need to stay for the seventh inning stretch, be part of the community, the Wrigley community, and sing the song. And when that song's done, I'm Audi 5000 and I'm going to the bar. I need <laughs> yes. to get out of there. So I stayed for I stayed for the song and then I was I was on my way. That's probably one of the damn Cardinals 17 straight victories, too. So, like, forget it. Get out of there. Who needs to watch the Cardinals win? Another one of my adventures along the way. So got to see the baseball stadiums. Also got to go to Top Chef restaurants. I went to not one, but two this time. Oh, wow. Yes. I, I went to a restaurant called The Girl and the Goat, Baller. which was run by Stephanie Izzard, who won season three of Top Chef. Yeah, of course. Of course. And then I also went to oh, a restaurant Stephanie. called The Siena Tavern. <laughs> That is run by the guy named Fabio, who was on one of the seasons of Top Chef. He was one of like the famous guys on Top Chef. But one of the things I was going to ask you is when I go to these restaurants, I have to try out something I've never had before. So I had goat empanadas, duck confit, um, octopus, stuff that I don't have very often. When you guys go to new restaurants, do you always go back to your same old thing or do you always try something new? I go, I go back to, well, I mean, kind of within reason, but back to the same old thing. So like, we're always trying to find like the best burger. Like Mm -hmm. you think, you know what the best burger is. And this restaurant says they've got like a world famous burger kind of a thing. I Mm -hmm. like to compare that. Or if, you know, if you get some, some sort of pasta or something that you always get somewhere, I like to compare them. I'm, I'm not an adventurous, got to try the Dokon Fi or whatever. If I were to go to a Top Chef uh, backed restaurant, which I've not done for probably since the last time I went with you, yeah, I'm usually either looking for something new I haven't had before or looking for the specialty of the house. Or if I don't know what to do, then I typically ask the server or the bartender, you know, when you get a break, what are you going to eat? Like, what's your what, yeah. what's your choice off the menu? That's 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 usually what I what I go to. But yeah, I'm usually trying to figure out like something new and different, something I wouldn't make at home. And he hands you a pack of Marlboro Reds. And you're like, oh, this is what you're doing during the break? Oh, Sounds those are good. good. I do like Marlboro Reds. Yeah, it's been yeah, a long time since I had one of those, but those are tasty. When in Rome. I've been to Vegas for two years. Yeah. Russell. <laughs> you, guys were, you guys were just talking to someone named Russell. He's not on the pod today. You could refer to him as the, the R. R. I'll tell you what, the R, I love going to a restaurant and getting something crazy. Mako ah, Shark yeah. is on the menu. Boom, I'm eating it. Lizard, You had Mako Shark? It. Those are the fastest oh. shark in the world. How do they yeah, catch them? I, I don't uh, even yeah, know. Not fast enough that. not to get caught and ate by Rob. <laughs> yeah, not that fast. <laughs> undefeated. Hungry humans, undefeated. It's like I was telling the kids at school day, I was eating a hard-boiled egg, and I was like, can you imagine the first person to eat an egg? Just like something comes out of an animal and you put it in your mouth. Like two out of three times, that's a huge mistake. Like you were in big trouble. That one time though, great. Love it. Like, yeah. Well, how, did, how did somebody ever find that marijuana mm-hmm. is like the weed to smoke to make yeah, you how feel? Much stuff like how many things you had to smoke out. beforehand to figure it out? Yeah, like what else? Like were people smoking toothpaste before? What were people smoking Dandelions. Before? What kind of weeds are they smoking? This early humans did not have TikTok. So what would you do? Like you're just sitting around all day. It's like me. Think about when you were 10. When I was 10, I rolled up grass in paper and tried to smoke it with my friend Steve. I absolutely did that. So I am me and Neanderthals. I totally get what they're doing. Like I it's I get it. Smoke everything. See what happens. Why not? 
The last thing, the last thing I did on my trip, Matt has talked before about the hop on hop off tours. I was in Chicago. And so I had a little bit of extra time on my last day and I decided to do an architecture boat tour of yes. Chicago where you go up and down the river and they tell you all about all the buildings. Beautiful. It was fantastic. If anyone goes to Chicago, this is a must do. You have to do the architecture boat tour. Have you guys ever done something like that? There's a great architecture boat tour of New York that people have told me about. <laughs> I have done the, I've, I've done the architecture boat tour in, in Chicago. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. That's just a smart way to just hang out and get on, like get a get a sort of cheap boat ride and enjoy your enjoy your life. I love it, Russell. I just thought I would do it because it would make me sound cultured on my next date. Like if I said, mm-hmm. "Hey, I went to Chicago and I went to some restaurants and I also took an architecture tour," like yeah. that, that's going to demand something, right? It Rob? sounds better than saying I went to a baseball game and left after the seventh inning stretch <laughs> and went to the <laughs> bar. Like it does, it does make you sound smarter. Yes, that's oh. all I got. The R is done. <laughs> <laughs> the R. Hopefully, never. That was my melody. That was my melody from the R during. Nice <laughs> job, the R. We appreciate it. The R. I, okay, Matt, rolling going. How's it going, with Rob? You? If you don't start referring to the R, you could get a smack for this. <laughs> I ain't no joke. <laughs> oh, 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 Matt, rolling going. How's it going with you? Ah, uh, good. I won't take up too much of the R's time here because you. you know if somebody's it's valuable the name like the R, then we got to make sure that we're giving them all of our attention. Mm-hmm. So all I got is you know all I've of got, our attention, uh, all of our <laughs> oh, attention. Bad. Yeah, what? No, that's good. The R, I like it. Yeah. Uh, I the I think we've talked about this before. There's there's not enough documentaries in the world. I could watch, I could just continually watch documentary, mm-hmm. take all that fiction crap, throw it out the window. If you've got a documentary, is there a better genre of documentaries than like uh, religious cults that have gone awry? <laughs> oh, no. God. Love it. Wild, no. wild country. A fantastic. No, yeah. I can't and there's a new one on HBO. About it, this. it always takes three episodes yeah. for them to be like, <laughs> and they would gather and they're wearing orange robes and, and dinner. Yeah. And then it's a fuck fest. Everyone's getting oiled up. They're meeting in the room and they're fucking like crazy. And that's just videos of like the most pubic hair you've ever seen in your whole life. And everybody's dancing around. And they're like, and they were fucking and sucking like crazy. And you're like, hmm, I am learning things here. I'm learning. This documentary is very good. And they're like, the leader was fucking everyone and everybody's fucking everybody. And you're just like, hmm, yes, this is very good. I, I like hope this. Matt's mother-in-law confuses Matt with Rob tonight i'm gonna i can't wait for him to get a text about this that's one. what i call my penis oh man <laughs> so there's a new one on hbo called the way down and it's about this church in yeah. nashville yeah and you know <laughs> episode and i was gonna say much much to like rob's thing you know it, they all follow the same pattern mm-hmm. right and by the third one you figure all the stuff by the fourth one they kind of get into the person who's yeah. actually leading the cult and then they all, you know, nobody ever heard of these people before the age of like 22, right? Yeah. They have no friends from when they're in high school and realize like they're just messed up and it, you feel somewhat bad. At the same time, you're like, how the hell does anybody follow these people? Like, let's just do a little bit of common sense. Mm-hmm. But the way down, I, it's only three episodes, kind of ends abruptly for a for a good reason. But, but yeah. I'll tell you what, I totally get how I could be in a cult after going to that uh, physical therapist I had where he was like stand in front of the light <laughs> and then do the gut smash. Because I was like, okay. Because he was just telling me what to do. And I was like, I'll do that. Like, he could have been like, okay, now you're going to hold this picture of me and you're going to go out on the street and try to get other people to come in. And I'd be like. All right. Yeah, I can do that. Like we're you're talking to me, we're hanging out. I think that's great. And then the third time he's like, and now it's time for the fuck fest. And I'm like, okay, okay. I could is this Where do you help want my knees? Is it gonna help my muscles? I'm, can I put I'm my going, leg here? Yeah. yeah. He's like, I'm gonna grind your pelvis in a fuck fest. 
Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't think I could. I don't, I don't. I'd like to believe that I would never fall for any of this. And I think I've got a fairly. But I. I don't know. I mean, I. I don't get how people fall for these things, Matt. And I every see time you, I could see you being the right hand man to the the cult mm-hmm. leader because you're very even keel and like you would be the one executing yes. all the all the orders. Well, I, think I have talked. Could, to, I have talked with uh, our friend Manny about yes. this because he would be with his wild hair and yes. his energy. He would be. The perfect cult leader. Matt's Matt's cult would require proper grooming habits, though, Rob. You might not be allowed, I bet. Well, listen, as long as I can get something that shows my level, you know, like the scarf or or like a, a certain outfit that shows that I'm like the main part of the cult during the fuck fest, I think that's oh, I could that's do. That's the it. other thing. <laughs> and I'm not know, editing oh, out the word I, fuck fest. You can rust I mean VR, you VR. can wear green now, you know, because you've reached the status yes. of being VR, you know. Mm. And so now, oh, he's wearing green. Rosie, he's still wearing just red. I mean, he's just, you know, he's not quite that level yet. Rosie, you need to work a little harder to get up to the green level. To get up to the R's level. I just just don't get it. I like this. It really is. It's like every documentary I've watched, it's like, we're going to play volleyball and then fuck fest. And then it's like, uh, we're on a boat and you're actually part of Sea Org. And guess what? On the boat. It's a fuck fest, you know. It's kind of. I have n- I, I've not watched any of these documentaries because I don't think I could handle it. But I did watch the docudrama uh, Waco, and I forgot how because because I had to watch it because Tim Riggins was in it, so I celebrated yep. his entire catalog. So I had to watch it for Taylor yep. Kitsch. But I forgot how horrifically that whole thing ended. But I by the time I got to the last episode, I had to watch and. Uh, I spoiler alert: there were no fuck fests. It was uh, the the sex in there was like. Um, embarrassing and sad and then it ended horribly and now i never want to watch another cult movie now, documentary now there's a call that ever join no there's no a call thanks. that i could be part of that call no problem the sorry fuck fest? The, the sad fuck fest where afterwards you're kind of like oh that wasn't i left my whole family for this like i gave these guys my entire savings and this is the fuck fest that i get jesus matt's 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 cult would have a a three episode money back guarantee where if you didn't, if you didn't enjoy the fuck best, you could get your money back and go home. <laughs> well, with Manny as our leader, you're guaranteed greatest day to leave that life. thing satisfied. I like yep. the idea of say, somebody saying, nah, I didn't really like that fuck fest. It's like eating most of your meal and then be like, I actually don't like this. I'm going to send it back. I want to return. Once you've done the fuck fest, you have to say you like the fuck fest. Like you can't be like, you're like, I did participate in the fuck fest, the three day orgy that we did. <laughs> Gonna ha- guys, guess what? I'm gonna have to be out. Okay, try to improve this fuck fest, and I'll be back. Okay, more tarps. Okay, we ran out of baby oil after like two days. I don't even see what the I've point got is. some other guys' socks on. I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> no, we're again, to a fuck fest. fest. So gross. The grossest yeah. part of an orgy would be putting on the wrong socks. So gross. Yeah, I could raw dog somebody's all wife all day long. Yeah. Put on the guy's socks. Ugh. Gross. Speaking yeah, of podcast. putting on somebody else's socks, I got oh, guys. No. I got some more physical trainer news. Okay, oh, let me get my phone. <laughs> my wife admitted something to me the other day. Oh no! Okay. You can't take this back. When she and speaking of this, is it has to do with her back actually? When she goes to the trainer, she informed me while we were out to dinner with friends that when she is lying on her stomach and the trainer is getting ready to do that cupping where they put the suction cups on you. This is after oh. the gut smash, after the light. He unstraps her bra to do it, right? And I was like, I don't like that. Like, I don't like that, but I can understand it because, uh, you know, you're getting like a physical therapy because you're in a big room with like 10 other people there. So she's taking off a bra face down. But she could unstrap her own, right? She doesn't have to let someone else do it, though. 
yeah. So she told me that he does it, but then the, I, the worst part is at the end of it, he oh, no. re puts on her bra. And that to me was a line too far. That's too intimate. I'm, yeah, that's too intimate. You no, you can't let him cross that line. You gotta fuck that guy up, Rob. I don't even think I've ever put on one of her bras. I mean, right, well, why would you? Why would well, you ever no. put a bra on? That's terrible. Yeah, that well, terrible. okay. Well, don't. Okay, I've never put a bra, her bra, on her. Okay, let's say we have to be very clear. Is wearing women's underwear part of your turnout? <laughs> I, I'm telling you guys right now, like the fact that another man has strapped up my wife's bra really affected me. I was like. I don't, this is, this somehow seems more erotic when he's putting the bra back on. It's, yeah. It Cause it's too intimate, man. It's just like now he's, he knows a thing about her. Like he's like, I know how to put your bra on. That's too intimate. You can't let that, can't, yeah. can't, can't let that go on. He would be a very effective player at a fuck fest at the end, right? Like he's just walking around <laughs> helping people put their clothes back. Uh, does anyone need their bra put back on? John? If you saw, if you were at a fuck fest, right. Yeah. And you're watching some guy just rail your wife just for a while. And you're like, okay, Whoa. this is what I'm into. And then at the oh, end, no. he was like, I'm going to put your wife's bra on. You'd be like, okay, pal, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay. See the line? I'm wearing there a green is. wristband and that means I'm down for anything. I am not down for you putting a bra on my wife. I mean, really. I So people out there, please text into the back line, 802-277-2325. If some other person put a bra on you or your wife, is that too far? Am I right? I think I am. Right, guys? You're right. 100% right. That's too far. All right. So did they, did they take or remove or any, put any clothes for you? Did they pull your shirts down, pulled any socks off for you or anything like that, Rob, or not? Or put them back on? They didn't. But I think next time I'm going to wear my socks because one of my favorite things in the whole world oh, no. is having somebody take off my socks. <laughs> I love it. I When my kids were young, I would tell, say, okay, it's time to take off daddy's socks. And they would take off my socks and they would be happy. It feels so good to me. It's like getting tucked into a bed. It just feels good. Right. Like somebody taking <laughs> off my sock is if I, if I was a billionaire, I would hire somebody to take off my socks every night. That's how good it feels. Like I would have somebody whose only job is to take off my socks. And I'd be like the R congratulations. Is that guy wearing hired. a green suit? Is that, is that like the green level you're able to take off Rob's socks? Yeah. He would have one of the longest scarves. I feel like everything we've done on, yeah, everything we've done on this podcast, you know, we're eventually Rob's going to get fired from it. Yes. But that, what he just described there might be. What? The thing that actually it's pushes it over the edge. It's up there. Yeah. <laughs> you guys picturing me lying on a bed, fully clothed, with somebody water taking off. a regular bed? That's <laughs> a water <laughs> top or a water bed? Of course it's a water bed. I'm living the best life I can, though. Um, and somebody taking off my socks, that's the most offensive picture to you ever? I just think the arousal you get out of it is. The I don't get arousal thing. out of it. I just like it. It feels the good. Excitement in your voice I mean, describing let's that have a, a little bit. <laughs> listeners, a little bit. If you thought Rob was aroused by someone taking off his socks. Please text the Bex line with hashtag uh, yeah. Rob aroused. If you if feel you that, were slightly creeped out by that, yeah, you find this whole thing, this conversation. Six one two two six nine back. Is that the number back line? Sixty nine sixty nine. Okay, back. so if you guys yeah. are doing a fuck fest, you're going to keep your socks on like a couple of sickos. I don't think. Oh, so. but you take it off Those yourself. Are off. I don't need somebody else to take. No, it off. take right it off your again. own socks. That's for suckers. That's or like just go to the fuck fest in your flip flops, man. Like why don't like, put your don't Crocs your on and go? Yeah, I, don't, I don't think you even risk the socks because. The thought of putting someone else's out afterwards would, would be, would, that would ruin the right. fuck You fest. cannot you go into a socks. fuck fest barefooted in Crocs. <laughs> Absolutely yes, not. To. If I go to a fuck fest and it's a barefoot Croc fuck fest, I am out of there. I have standards. I got my Crocs okay, it's on terrible. Today, in fact. Oh, is that what it, Aaron? Don't say it like that. Two I don't people. like that at all. 
<laughs> There's only like two people in the world that could settle this, and it's either Little Rosie, and I still don't know why they call him Little Rosie. <laughs> I don't know Little Rosie Magic Mike 69. Yeah. I mean, those two are about the only ones that could. The only other two us. that could maybe figure it out would be Eric B. and Rakim, right? Let's talk about the album. It's time for nobody's favorite part of the show. Let's talk about the album. Zero oh, sex on this album. Wow. Yeah. yeah, very little sex on this album. It is It is crazy, isn't it, that you have a, a, a rap album? And I saw an interview with him where he said, I wanted an album that they could play all day and all night and never have to like edit anything out or not play a part of it. He's like, it, part of the challenge was making clean rhymes to me. And with that, with Rakim, I really felt a close bond because I was yeah. like, being funny uh, without being Kim. dirty is the greatest challenge to me of all time. Moving the crowd without smiling. This whole, this whole album's about not smiling. He just wants you to smile. I saw him live once, no smiling. So Eric B and we're talking about Eric B and Rakim. And basically they met up because Rakim put out a like something in the newspaper is like, I'm looking for New York's top MC and I'm scratching records. And uh, Rakim was like, okay, that's me. And Eric B was like, yeah, you are actually. So let's make a record. They came out and they released uh, Eric B is president. And literally yep. from that one single, they got signed to Island Records. And what's interesting about Rakim is that he was actually a rapper that was listened to a ton of jazz. So instead of the very um, heavy rhymes on the end of a sentence, like you would hear kind of normal early 80s rapping doing, or maybe a guy who made a parody song like at seven at night and couldn't think of internal rhymes because it's actually really hard to do. It's super hard. He's not doing that. He's doing internal rhymes, it rhymes in the sentence. He's really the first guy to do it. And now you hear it, you know, with Nas and we hear it with... Uh, Eric uh, with uh, uh, Kendrick Lamar. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Eminem. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and so this, this is kind of what a lot of people mark as really the beginning of the golden age or the epitome of the golden age of hip hop from about 86 to Dr. Dre and Snoop in 93. And what I, one thing I loved about this album is if you look at the cover, right, the cover, they're actually wearing custom made. And it says it's quoted as saying custom made Gucci knock ups by Harlem Taylor, Dapper Dan. So they're not knockoffs. They're actually knockups because they're better. Guys, do we need to get some knockup sweatsuits and take some Absolutely. pictures for yep. this podcast? Some gold chains. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I got to get some knockups. Yeah. I don't think any of my clothes are knockups whatsoever. Okay. Now, Russell's been on a couple dates where they've been knocked up, Ooh. but I, I want Ooh. the Ooh. R has been on a couple dates Just where one, they're knocked up. Just one. I think there's some he's not telling us about. That's true. <laughs> he doesn't want to repeat his story. He's like, she's like, I'm pregnant. He's like, oh, I can't talk about this on the podcast. Get out of here. I mean, it would be embarrassing if I told you about the one where she told me and I went out with her like eight more times. So I, I kept that one to myself. <laughs> uh, she's like, I'm pregnant. Russ is like, do you want to hear about gothic architecture? Guys, that's funny. That's good. Uh, should we? I'm begging now. I'm begging. I was waiting to say that. I think, uh, hey, Rob, th that, Rob, that, that there, that was ain't no joke. That was <laughs> that ain't, ain't no, no joke. joke. <laughs> Don't no make me say and fuck was not again. joking on this album. He did not like the jokes that he was setting himself apart from hip hop at the time. He was not going to tell jokes. He wasn't going to rhyme for fun. He was going to give you hardcore, serious rhymes in a smooth, laid back tone of voice. He was different than everything else that was going on out there. Well, Let's considering that one of his songs is just him listing his agent, the record company. And like every, like it, it was like, it was like reading a LinkedIn profile. kind of like, that was the beginning of the song. I can totally see what you're saying. All right. Oh, I see why you said that, Russell. You're giving me another transition that I totally who, ignored. Who, who, who made the transition? <laughs> the R. I'm, I'm going to get that by, I'm going to get that by the end of the episode. Switch Ain't no around. joke to start paid in full. 
Another great, another great headphone album, right? You need headphones for this one. Yeah, yeah it's a great headphone album. Right, I mean, this album was made for headphones or a big booming sound system. Uh, so they, they made Ain't No Joke and they made a video for it, or I Ain't No Joke. They made a video for it. Russell, guess who was featured in the video? Not responding. Flavor! So me by the proper name. The R. Guess who was featured in the video? Flavor! 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 Yeah, boys! <laughs> I saw that. I thought of you immediately. Well, we, we talked about these guys Flavor. a little bit when we talked about Public Enemy, that these this album, and I think it was the Eric B. Uh, for President, or mm-hmm. Eric B. is President single, which we're going to hear later, which was the first single from the album. That was the one that shook up New York hip hop. That Chuck D heard that and said, "Oh shit! Like we got to do so, something different." Everybody heard it and was like, "This we can't keep doing the same old thing." Aaron, can you explain mm-hmm. why this album in particular is such a big deal? Like, why do why do so many people when they talk about the the roots of hip hop, this album comes up? It's definitely Rakim's rhyming. Although Eric B was a great DJ, I I read a bit today. It seems like maybe he didn't make all of the beats necessarily. Maybe Marley Marl was involved, like with Eric B for president and um we'll talk about why that is later but it's Rakim's rhyming he was the he was the one who changed up from and even KRS1 as great as KRS1 was you know KRS1's multi-celebric rhymes were Bronx created hip hop Queens will always get dropped which is a great rhyme but Rakim took it to another level people heard that and said this is different i have to figure out how to step up my game and then you can just clearly hear throughout this entire album even if you had never heard this album before, so much of it sounds familiar. You can hear some of it inspired, mm-hmm. you know, Fresh Prince, uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff from Fresh Prince. You can hear that for sure. Uh, yes. You know, make him clap to this. You can get a smack for this. That voice has been sampled so many times. Um, you know, how can I move the crowd? Ghostface quoted that in a Ghostface song. Just all of these. Um, I read an article by Tom Bryan today that. This album just became part of hip hop's DNA. Every rapper has heard this album and is quoting it throughout their entire career. So it's, it's Rakim's Isn't it rhymes. kind of, and isn't it kind of, you know, you think of, I mean, this is extremely simplistic, but it kind of makes everybody sort of, you know, you hear of Rapper's Delight, right? And it's kind of like this party dance song where everybody's up there and you're dancing in a line and the Soul Train dance kind of thing. And it's really kind of moving it to more of like a, an artistic form that's not so much about the party, but just about getting a message out. Am I, am I saying that right? I think you're right, Matt. And I think, but I, I would build on that to say he was still, he was about, cause he says, how can I move the crowd? He was still yep. about, how can I do this? How can I elevate this art form mm-hmm. and still make it danceable? How can I still well, make people nod their heads? You know, he's still coming from that New York MC scene that we saw with public enemy and Chuck D right. Yeah. Now, Aaron, this this album might be influential, but would you say that they needed these instrumental only cuts like Eric B is on the cut? Is, no, does this have to be on no. the album? These are skippable. No, no. I yeah, I tried to think about like what was the purpose of these DJ cuts, and I think I think some of it is that Eric B was some of the Eric B was connected, right? So Eric B was the guy who was able to get the money together for this album. So he got to have his cuts on the album. And I think he was a talented DJ, but so, I think he had so to it's have kind his of like, to shine. It's kind of like if you started a podcast and then you would just demand everything goes the way you want, even if it's been proven over and over that maybe it's not the best. <laughs> and then like maybe 
you push the boundaries every time until all of a sudden saying something like fuck fest that we would definitely have edited out of the first 10 episodes is now just normal stuff that we talk but since about. Since you're the one who paid for the pays for the site that this <laughs> podcast gets built on and you're the one who's got all the, the podcasting gear and everything. Then <laughs> yeah. 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 If, no, if, I think if, that's it. I if think my Eric computer Eden broke, the, the podcast the is literally over. Cause Reckon was yeah. in high school. Like Reckon was in high school when he recorded half of this stuff. So then Eric B was the one with the connections and the, and the money. I think. Yeah. My melody. The scratching is too abrasive for me here. I know it's not as bad as some of the other instrumentals, but the scratching isn't really in my wheelhouse. I hear that, Russell. I mean, the, the highlights of this album are what the R is doing. The mm-hmm. other R, not our or the R. The other R? Rakim is the other R. We got the R. Yeah, I know. I figured that out. I was just like hoping that maybe that would spring a conversation, but it seems like maybe I need to reply to my own things. Yeah, that's right, Rob. You actually do. So let's. So here's the thing: is that I, Aaron, can I say? Would you say that this is still an album you want to listen to, or is this more like it's so great because it's so influential? Because again, I come into work every day. I listen to the album once a day. This was not one I especially look forward to to sitting down and listening. There were some highlights. I like Bob my head. But I would get to some of these and I was like, I just, I guess I don't. No, do I, yeah, me, me personally, I think it's, and, and um, Matt, you might have a different thought, but me personally, this was an album to study and appreciate. Um, but I didn't love every minute of it. There were definitely tracks that to me seem skippable or overly long, but I think yeah, it's something that we know every rapper listened to and built from, but I don't know if it's like super enjoyable today. Matt, what's your thought? I, I, I I would listen to it often, you know, I think more of like in the background kind of a thing. It, mm-hmm. yeah. it, it just, it seems like, I mean, even the, even the, the instrumental music, you know, again, I don't listen, whatever happens in my brain, I don't listen to the lyrics all that much. It really is about the music for whatever reason. And I, so I don't, I didn't mind the instrumentals. I kind of enjoyed them personally. So I like that perspective because I, I wonder if this album as an album was intended for a DJ to be able to throw on at a party and play the whole thing and people could just rock to it, whatever was going on or somebody or somebody raps over the top of, you know, what he's got here. So, right. Yeah. Yeah, I like the perspective. I know you got soul. Ooh, this is a good one. You got it. Oh, pump up the volume. Right? That's pump one you like. We volume. all knew that. We pump heard that. Like, volume. we know that yeah. voice from pop music. We never knew it was Brooklyn to run up. Or maybe we did. You know, that's what I've been doing in my life for the, since I've been 30 is pumping up the volume. But unfortunately, I mean, like, volume in the scientific sense where literally I'm just getting bigger. Like, that's the volume that's getting pumped up. When, you get when it comes to when it comes to pumps, who's had a better run? You're pump so up the volume or the pump shoes back in the day? What oh would have had a better run? The pump shoes or pump up the volume? It's got to be the pump shoes. I am Jesus, telling you right oh, now, if I could get call. some shoes that had the orange or the tennis colored pumps right now, I would wear them. I thought they came back, didn't they? They did, did they for come a back minute. for a little while. I yeah. I, I need them. The I D had a pair of D back. Brown, D Brown D pumps Brown, back in yeah. the day. Remember when D Brown pumped him up in the dunk contest? Oh, I had a pair with yep. D Brown covering up his eyes on the soles. I'll Just picturing forget. the R going up for a huge monster dunk wearing his pump shoes really. It tickles. It tickles me. It does. Like a yeah. mini windmill. Not not maybe not the full windmill, but just kind of a mini yeah. down and up and over. <laughs> yeah, like I can see one. it. Maybe a two-handed. 
Yeah. One thing I was thinking about with this is there's a lot of songs in here, I think, that are sampling James Brown, right? And this is one of the first groups that did a lot of that, I think. The Funky Drummer. We listened to that James Brown album, and there were so many songs that kind of wrecked it for us. But when you start seeing, like, all these hip-hop groups that are sampling James Brown, you almost think it's too bad there wasn't just one album of his because it needed to be higher, right? Absolutely. He is such a pioneer for all all of Mm hip-hop that— it's almost too bad for our our purposes that he just didn't have one they album. They didn't that have. Got, yeah, that, I think it's just the nature of it. They didn't have right. albums, you know. And so, yeah. yeah. And actually, you're right because it does come from a James Brown song called "I Know You've Got Soul." So they didn't even change the name of the song they sampled. It's actually Bobby Bird. It's not technically James Brown, but here's "I, I Know You Got Soul." Oh, such a funky. But I think it's so funny. This and I know you got soul was actually ranked by Rolling Stone as the 23rd best hip hop song of all time. But it's so funny that you would sample a song and then just call it the same thing and not get caught for it, not expect to like, not expect that yeah. you're gonna, you know. But I think, yeah. I think that does speak to like how hyper localized hip hop still was at the time. Hip hop was still New York, and they didn't think that James Brown was gonna find out that they were gonna that they were sampling mm-hmm. this stuff and they were going to get caught. They wanted to make hits that moved crowds in New York. These, these dudes were super young. These were kids making music that, you know, once they got their, their deal and got their cash from their label, that was what mattered to them. I don't think they were thinking bigger than that. No, no, they were, they were not thinking like 10 yeah. steps ahead. I agree. Know. If you were, a, if you were a bunch of 40 year old guys, you would definitely know more than to use copyrighted material on something that you were making. Like that would be so you know dumb if you were double the age and still doing this. I can't believe it. What if, what if Beck sampled his podcast and made his own podcast oh. about music and it, and he didn't change the name and it was called Beck did it better. We would sue his ass. I'd sue his ass into the ground. I actually know a very good attorney. I would take that guy out to the woodshed. Okay. You hear that Beck? Don't try to fuck with us. Moving, move the crowd. And to me, it was interesting you brought up Will Smith, Aaron, because this made me think of Will. I thought I was listening to Will Smith every time or yes, DJ. Will Smith completely ripped off this flow. Listen to this. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, this, this sounds like. The heavy synths in the back and kind yep. of a bright sound. Said, Summer Madness, like Will Smith completely jacked that line. And I mean, Will Smith can rap. Don't get me wrong. I think he can flow, but he, he totally still rock him slow. The samples on this song, it does sample uh, the JB's, James Brown backup band, a song called Hot Pants Road. So they had multiple songs about hot pants that we didn't even get into. They loved hot pants so much that they're like, we got to write a bunch of fucking songs about hot pants. And again, I am still open to a song about body suits. Hit me up somebody. Um, and they also on this song sampled Eric B as president by Eric B and Rakim. They sampled <laughs> themselves. That's how bad badass. Can Some you guys stuff going I mean, on. can you guys even imagine sampling yourselves? Like that is so that's strange. what I'm going to start calling my penis. Yeah. I just, that's what I agree here. Like it's just, it's weird to me. Sampling I couldn't imagine myself. Thinking you're so good that you would want to sample yourself. It'd be like putting on your own socks after a fuck fest, right, Rob? <laughs> oh, great. No, you guys don't get it. Putting on socks, and actually, I think putting on socks is one of the worst feelings you can have. Taking them it's off terrible. is one of the best. No, it's true. It's so great. I didn't wear socks for a whole week last week. I had to put them on on Sunday to go to the airport. It felt awful. You mentioned the word sample multiple times. And in honor of sampling, I'm sampling a drink tonight. Yes. Oh, and yes. so what drink am I sampling, you must be asking. It's I'm, my understanding Please. That Eric B. and Rakim are from Long Island. Is that correct? Indeed. 
I am drinking a Long Island iced tea. I oh, haven't no. had a Long Island oh, iced tea no. in years. Oh, no. But I'm doing a Long Island. Do you guys want to hear what's Hang in the Long City Island tomorrow. tonight? Yeah, let's hear oh, it. my let's God, hear it. Russell. This is. <laughs> wow. Whoa. A Long Island iced tea is like something you order right when you turn 21, and then you're like, what the fuck was I doing doing what that? Jesus thinking? Christ. When you see him make it, it's just like liquor, 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 liquor. What's in it, Russell? So the what I read is supposed to go in it is oh, no. gin, vodka, rum, tequila. God. Gin, oh. vodka, rum, tequila. Cream de menthe. And triple sec is what I I read. Okay. Why but add the triple I didn't have everything. I had Why gin. Bother? I had vodka. I had rum. Uh-huh. I poured it into my mixer, poured uh-huh. it in, poured it in. Yeah. I didn't have triple sec, but I substituted <laughs> with orange curacao because it had a similar looking bottle and similar looking color. <laughs> You've Do you think it. that's a fair substitution ah, or not? Again. For sure. I'm, so, I'm shocked that you fair. didn't add tang. And you're like, this shit's orange. I'll put this in too. Cherry you, flavor. Is that a fair bitters. substitution? Triple sec and orange curacao? Yeah, same fair. thing, different? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea. I don't know, but it doesn't sound right to me. <laughs> kind of like apples and oranges. They're both fruits. <laughs> yeah. They're different. Yes. Yeah. They're both fruits. So are tomatoes. <laughs> put that in your drink too. Russell, hold up this Long Island. I want to see this thing. Oh my gosh. Oh, it's on a low ball though. So you're showing a little bit of. Ooh. You know, uh, restraint. I like that. The R. Nice job. I'm using my new fancy ice cubes, my big square ice cubes, too. Oh, my God. That's like the one thing he has in his kitchen now is a big ice cube tray. Mm-hmm. There's like a, a freezer and a big ice cube tray. No blender. No nothing. No air fryer. Wow. It's just that. Wasn't what you're right, though. Long Island was like the ultimate thing you would have as, as a younger person. Like, what drink mm-hmm. can I pay four dollars for and get really fucked up on? That it's that it. that drink with all the booze in it. Right. Do you yeah. think. That the bartenders at the places that we went in college ever had any moral conundrum about doing things like mixing a Long Island iced tea for this 21, 20 year old kid. I think probably the fifth time they were cleaning um, uh, (laughs) Buffalo wing sauce off the pinball machine flippers because I had done both those things. I think they were like, "Eh, I don't really care if I fuck up these kids brains for the rest of their life. Fuck you, liver. I think the quicker they got us to the point where we were drinking too many of those, that's more tips for them, ultimately, in their in Do you think pocket. that's really so, a big tipping crowd? Like, college kids? Like, I Well, I mean, sober sober kids aren't going to tip shit, right? That's true. I mean, so you got to yeah. get them a little bit tipsy to at least potentially open up. They the might forget drinks, and but, leave a dollar or two on the rail. I agree that there was a lot of tipping because I saw multiple people tip down the stairs at the by that bar. They would <laughs> just tumble on down yeah. and then we would just walk out, not seeing if they were okay. <laughs> just just normal stuff. Paid in full. Thinking of a master plan. Oh, what a great open. This one's awesome. Yeah. So this was their most successful single. This is actually the fifth single off this album. So they didn't really kind of identify this as the best one. But this became a huge hit for them. And especially, it got in the top 15 of the charts in Germany, Netherlands, and Great Britain. It was a huge European hit because it was remixed by these guys uh, in Europe, this band. And it's called the Seven Minutes of... Seven Minutes of Madness uh, remix. So listen to this. This is the like remix that's kind of popular. Yeah, cold so it's a remix where they actually sampled the song and kind of twisted it around. This would be a great song for a fuck fest, wouldn't it, Rob? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Seven minutes, though. So it seems aspirational. It's a good remix, actually. I like it. It's Love nice. It. Um, and the, is this, I love is it. Is that the same baseline? It seems like the same baseline that um, D Light used, right? For uh, Groove is in not. the Heart? Yeah. 
Do you know D-Light right? is only in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame twice? I looked and I counted how many times I saw D-Light. Isn't that an outrage? They should be in there way more. I could okay, be wrong. No response. That baseline seems familiar. They, I love on that song, though, they talk about there's a their part where they're talking about who their agent is. And then in the middle, they're like, yo, we got to get out of here. My girl is mad that this album took so long. <laughs> like, I think it's funny where you have this rapper is like, oh, my God, my we are fucking around in this album and my wife is pissed. <laughs> He was 19 years old. That was probably his first girlfriend. He was like, yo, this is my first love. You this know what? So like, she has a right to be pissed. Some of these songs in here are terrible. Let's just be honest. <laughs> like Eric B in the cut is not a good song. Like if you were married, if you were, yeah. if you were dating these guys and you knew this is what they spent a day on, you'd be like, what the fuck? It would be like if I showed my wife, like, hey, I noticed that you were editing a podcast instead of celebrating my birthday. And then I played for like the Velvet Underground episode. And I'd be like, yeah. sorry about that. She's like, oh, my girl's mad at me. I think she's justified. Do, do you guys, do, you, do your wives just get mad at you for doing something and you know they're going to get mad when you're doing it and you still do it? Is there something that really just pisses them off? For example, me having to hop into bed tonight after this podcast, I am terrified. <laughs> I might sleep in my kid's room. Their bed is not well, we, comfortable. You talked about our top five fears earlier in the podcast. That maybe, might be one of them. When we first got, when we first were living together, I didn't know that you had to hang up towels and not just stuff them in the sink. She, did, she hated that. Why I would, would put them put in, the sink. in the sink. I don't know. It was just where I put them. <laughs> Guys, I, listen, listen, that's past Rob. He did not think about future Rob the way I do now. Okay. I would just put a towel in the sink. And then the next time I take a shower, I'd be like, oh, this towel's a little wet. And then back in the sink, it goes like, no. So what did you think would happen when other people had to use the bathroom? They would come in, like take oh. your towel out of the sink no, and you wash, wash their hands wash and, their and put hands it back in, in there. Or the what? idea that you're thinking that I'm thinking about other people when I'm like 22 <laughs> living in an apartment somewhere, forget about it. I was living with a woman who was attracted to me. It surpassed every expectation I had of my life ever that I'm living with somebody who's like, oh, I find you attractive. I was like, nailed it. Towel goes in the sink. This is the same (laughs) time where I asked her to make me a sandwich in bed. And she yelled at me about that. (laughs) Matt, what do you do that annoys annoys your... Uh, your I don't know. I mean, I I tend to like just leave a spoon out on the counter. Oh, my God. Oh, no, not this again. (laughs) If I would just put the spoon in there, you know, I don't know. I don't know. My wife gets mad at me because I keep bringing up a fictional story about her leaving the spoon on the counter (laughs) over and over and over. (laughs) That's what I do to make her mad. What are your big faux pas, Aaron? Aaron, you were saying your wife is mad because your dick's so big? It's Yeah, it's probably oh. just that I'm too thoughtful and just um, yeah. think ahead about too many things and just keep <laughs> the, the whole house super here. clean. And I'm this mad about like the guy in the interview, like, yeah. I care too much. I work my too hard. I'm too hard to on myself. Podcast. I am not, I'm not engaging in this kind of conversation. No Can you way. imagine being, I just want to be, imagine being Aaron's wife at gmail.com. Okay, you have just like done a real job. Aaron has gotten back from his two hours of work and he's like, <laughs> okay, sweetie, I got a plan for my record player. I'm going to put it on Craigslist, but I'm going to ask him what the records are. I mean, like two, like two minutes in, I'd be like, Jesus Christ, can you go get COVID and sleep in the garage again? Please, I'm begging you. I cannot take this. Please, I do not do this to me. Secret is I just wear headphones around the house and anytime somebody tries to talk to me, I can't hear it. It's no problem. Leo. Yeah. Exactly. As the rhyme goes on. The rhyme like quicksand holes in control. This is that internal rhyming I'm talking about. Yeah, and this is the kind of thing that it only is truly amazing when you hear it in context, when you really hear what else was going on in the world. At the time, he was not doing anything like anyone else. And this sort of monotone delivery, 
he made a choice. That's what I'm going to do. And I'm not going to tell jokes. I'm not going to be extra loud or vary my voice to be charismatic. I'm just going to rhyme the best rhymes. And like, it's impressive what he did sticking in his lane. So I was thinking, you know, this is a, a DJ and a rapper, right? So we, yeah. I thought we could do a list of the best rapper DJ duo songs of all time. I'm here for it. I love it. This is my shit, Russell. I'm so excited. The rapper for this. and DJ. I saw one on Full House where they it was Christmas, and DJ Tanner was wrapping up a bunch of presents. Does that work? Well, there goes my top four on the list. But hopefully, I've got one last one in here. Let me look. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited for this, Russell. Let's do it. All right, we're going to try to go in chronological order. You guys were talking, this was 87. I'm going to start with one in 1988. You guys, uh, I think Marley Marl is mentioned at one point in this album, right? He's called out in, uh, what song is it? Whatever, check out my melody, right, yeah. Aaron? And he may or may not have produced Eric B as president. Yeah, but yeah, Marley Marl was like the the producer figure in New York hip hop. So the, fir- the, first, the first duo we're going to touch on is Big Daddy Kane and Marley Marl. This is Saint No... Oh, ain't he, no half step oh. 1988. <laughs> this is such a classic track. And we've never had Big Daddy Kane on any of our any of our lists or any of they're not on the list yet, are they? And Big Daddy Kane had such a smooth voice. This is such a nice, nice beat. So you know, we always hear about Big Daddy Kane being really influential. What what sets him apart as a rapper, Aaron? Or what's what makes this a, such an influential group? I think Big Daddy Kane had this commanding voice. He could tell a story. He he was able to rap, you know, a little bit behind the beat. And and then the pairing with Marley Marl was just like the perfect pairing of rapper and, and, and beats. You cannot ignore that Big Daddy Kane also has one of the greatest names ever. You right? cannot. If, That's true. If his name was fucking Loser Kane, you would not think that he's one of the greatest rappers. Like, but Big Daddy... It's right, a, it, the name works every time. I love. He also, in my, I don't know if this is true. We'll have to look this up later. But in my mind, he looks a little bit like Idris Elba. So I think he was just like a big handsome. He did. Dude, no, I was going to mention he was just a huge dude. So if you yeah. went, if you're in like a battle with him, I mean, he was just a physical presence compared right. to all these other guys. And so kind of like, kind of like Biggie Smalls a little bit, where you just noticed him right away, and then all of a sudden he's rapping and he's better than everybody else. And so it just kind of added to the whole lore right. of him. Another cool name for a rapper for Rob, if he was a rapper, would be Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock. This is It Takes Two from 1988. Oh, yeah. Shit. Sorry. I heard, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I heard, I heard uh, Notorious B.I.G. and I ran to that song. <laughs> This is a great song. I still love it. Oh, it's so good. Now, do I know any words past the first verse? Absolutely not. But I know that he's not internationally known. And I also know that he's down to rock a microphone. And one one interesting thing I read about this is there's a lyric in here where everyone thinks he's saying he can't stand sex. That's not what he's saying. He's saying he's referring to cess, cess, which is a slang term for dope. Did you guys know that? Yes, because really? Dr. Dre, Dr. Dre famously claimed that he doesn't smoke cess, and then three years later, he made an album called The Chronic. So, yeah. If somebody offered me cess on the street, I would be like, okay. Socks <laughs> or no socks? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, right here, or we got to go somewhere? Yeah. <laughs> sure, I'm down. Next up on the list, you guys mentioned this duo. We have to touch on this one. This song... Um, early 90s here. We have DJ Jazzy Jeff got and the to. Fresh Prince. Got I know to. they've got a lot of hits, but to me, we're going with the theme song from the TV show, yeah. The Fresh Prince here. 
Now, have you heard their song about Freddy Krueger? It's actually pretty scary. <laughs> That's about a one-year anniversary from that disaster, Rob. You can tell he spent hours, hours, and hours listening to Paid in Full. Like, I'm sure he listened to Rock Him. I got to give it up again. The name DJ Jazzy Jeff, an all-time name. Like, it's so that's good. That's a banging beat. Like, those dudes, those dudes are, they're hip-hop, man. They, they did it. DJ fucking idiot Jeff does not work. This is not the same. It doesn't hit. No, nope. I would end up on the list. list. <laughs> nope. Shut Next up, Next up on the list is DJ Pete Rock and CL Smooth. Yes. This is They Reminisce Over You from 1992. Uh, and this definitely has kind of that jazz feel with the rhymes over it, doesn't it? Yeah, and the, the yeah. saxophone loop. This is one of the greatest beats of all time. There's so much more happening. Tribe called Quest. T to the yeah, R-O-Y. And then last on the list is, we talked Missy Elliott a, a week or two ago when they did, they did the new list of the top 500 songs. Get your freak on. We're not going to do that song, but this is Missy Elliott and Timbaland, Work It. Check this song out. Oh, boy. There's so much happening in this beat. One of the crazy things, do you never know what she was singing there? What, what is that gibberish? Do I don't you guys know. know that? I don't know. It sounds like she, they're playing the voice backwards or something. Yeah, they're yes. playing the voice backwards. We've talked about all these other songs where people have thought there's backwards stuff. Rob, who was the... Was it a uh, Led Zeppelin? Si- Simon or Garfunkel or one of those dudes played the solo backwards too, wasn't it? Oh or? yeah, they played the bass solo. Simon or Garfunkel, one of those dudes. Yes, yeah. Garfunkel's Graceland, <laughs> that famous album, has the bass solo where it goes forward and backwards. It ruined my bass playing career forever. Simon yeah, but I never Garfunkel. knew that was just the lyrics from the chorus backwards. I thought that was super cool. Oh, yeah, that's brilliant. Right. I it, that song always intimidated me though because she was like, "I'm gonna see how if you got a big dick." Let me search it. And I was like, well, see, then the jig is up. Like, you know, when I'm sending yeah, yeah. that little, when I'm sending the Tabasco bottle and it's just a little one, and then she's actually searching for it. You know what? I hope Google's down that day. I'll just put it that way. So that's, that's the end of the list. Best DJ, DJ rapper combos. I think it's a pretty good list. Yeah, you that can't beat that. It's a great list. You could just go into a huge rabbit hole for that. So you did, you did great, Russell. You did great. It's tough to narrow it down. It There's is. A lot it of is. There's it really so is. many good ones. This is coming from MC fucking idiot Rob and DJ the R. That was an all-time list. Nice job, Russell. <laughs> that was another connected it better list by R. That was easily a top five list. Oh, yeah. yeah. Excellent. Uh, you know who my favorite MC is, though? MC Escher. Uh-oh. Those stairs. What do you mean, uh-oh? What do you oh, mean, I uh-oh? We're setting up Aaron for another inappropriate thing <laughs> on the next song. Yeah, Aaron, you sicko. I can't believe it. Aaron, what is I'm this not, next song? You said you had a funny song. bit. I know I'm this one's problematic. You know that like this, this whole, I don't know. This is, should not we just skip Chinese arithmetic? I mean, play, play the I mean, song. Play, it. play, play the play song. It. It's fine. I mean, no, it's not fine. It's is this the one where there's just water dropping all yes. over? Yeah. It it's made me have to go to the bathroom. Instrumental. Right. This is the worst song we've heard on, on the list so far. Yeah, I don't bad. even think it's close. Yeah, even it's with bad. velvet like, underground compared to like rubbing the chair. There's a part where you're just, it sounds like you're just listening to people take a shit. There's just water drops. And you're going, I don't even know what this song is. This is so bad. It almost should knock this album down off the list. This, this song is terrible. This is number three after you go to that PT. I can't uh, argue. Man. I can't argue. 
Yeah, that one does not song. age very well. I'm going to say that it says that they sampled an ACDC song in there, though. I did not hear it unless it's the ACD song where they just go. It's probably in the drum. I bet it's the drums, right? Is it Thunderstruck? No, no. it's Flick of the Switch, which I've never even heard of, but sounds incredible. No, I don't know that one. Okay, Brutal. let's do Eric B. is president. Right, so this was the first single, right? This was the first song. Well, this was the, they, they released this as a single, kind of as a, like, a, just an independent. And then they heard this right. and got signed at Island uh, with Russell Simmons. Right. So this is the one, you can kind of hear it's not recorded as well as some of the other songs. Like, it sounds a little different. But this is the one that got them all started on this album. Oh. Yeah, and this is just, this is where you can hear that this, the music just lives in him. He can he can do nothing but rhyme. And I think we're going to listen. Let's listen to this whole song. Uh, this is a the extended beat. It's the beat from Move the Crowd. Just the beat of it. I mean, we're in, we're in an Eddie Murphy movie right now yeah. with this one, aren't we? This it's is true. Beverly Hills Cop. <laughs> I don't work with a partner, and I'm definitely not working with this guy. I Hilarious think this, shenanigans this definitely at a strip club. A, a TV show intro, right? Like different world or one of those. Like I feel like this. Was okay, well, let's try it. Let's try it. Hey guys, a Seinfeld base. What's the bit, deal? Yeah. What's the deal with fuckfests? You know, I'm at a cult. I got three days. Three days in, I'm, I'm trying to get a scarf. I'm trying to move up. Meanwhile, this guy over here is talking about a fuckfest. I only brought five pairs of socks. I can't wear three of them because I'm not gonna have enough to go home. Okay, I gotta leave a note for myself. Uh, Rob, the part where you made fun of the person for not getting any laughs during their stand-up and then you just did a uh, Seinfeld bit that also got no laughs, edit that earlier story out so it doesn't actually seem ironic. All right. That is Ironical. it for Paid in Full. And if Let's anyone got get- this far in the podcast and got the irony of that joke, please text hashtag ironic to the Bex line. <laughs> Nobody's listed. Uh, let's list. Let's do uh, Russell's part that he always thinks it is. It's the rating. The R's favorite there part. It's the rating system. I really thought this would catch on much easier for you guys. I don't know what happened. Oh, how did I not say the R over your list? Something. I might add that in later. Oh, yeah. All right, the R, we'll start with you. What did you think of Paid in Full, album number 61 on the list? I really liked a handful of the songs. I thought it was fun to listen to. But to me, there are two to three songs that I just think are not very entertaining to listen to. That that one we heard near the end where there's just water dropping in, in a toilet or a bucket or something. I don't understand it. So for Why would me, water be is- dropping in a toilet? Where is that water even coming from? Wait, figured it out. Never mind. Figured it out. My bad. <laughs> Either way, for me, I understand how this is very influential. I I can see where it is influential, but I for me, I just didn't really enjoy listening to a number of the songs. And if you can have bad songs like that, to me, it's too high on the list. So I'm going to say it's Rolling Grown. Oh, my God. I didn't even introduce it, Russell. How did you know what the categories were? Well, Aaron's going to go next. So, Aaron, I'll explain it to you. Is this Rolling Well Tone? That means it is perfect at 61. Okay. It's actually great. Uh, it's It's at the perfect place. This is right where it should be. Guess what? It's a, not quite as good as Astral Weeks, but it's a little bit better than hmm, whatever album's coming up next. Big mystery. Stay till the end of the show. Yeah, right. Nobody's listening. Or is this a rolling bone? Okay, this should have been way higher than 61. Okay, maybe flip it around. 16. Huh? Think about it. Uh, that's the perfect number of people for, if you know what I'm talking about. Uh, or is this a rolling groan? Okay. So again, you walk into the fuck fest, you hear this, uh. and you realize, oh, they must be listening to Eric B and Rakim. Uh, it is a, uh, that is a rolling groan. And I, oh. um, 
So hey guys, what's going on? Has anybody seen? I got. I'm wearing black socks. Uh, they're zero. One's got a gold zero laughs. Do you zero honestly laughs. think you could handle a 16 person fuck fest? That seems like a lot for a no middle aged man to deal no, with. I can I barely mean, handle a one person trying to be quiet <laughs> in my living room. Fuck fest. <laughs> Those get out of control sometimes, and I get feelings. You got a lot of windows. My thoughts about this album are that I agree with Russell. There are some uh, definite skippables on here, um, but I also agree with Matt that if you want to just put this album on and let it let it run, it's a it's a pleasant sound. I love the beats. I think it's I think Eric B did a great job uh, in Marley Marlon the the tracks he may or may not have produced. And I think Rakim is such an important figure in hip hop. You hear echoes of this record in everything that came after this one. Every rapper worth his salt, his or her salt, quoted Rakim, listened to Rakim, took from this album. So I have to say this is rolling well-toned. Uh, Matt, what do you think? Rolling well-toned, rolling grown, or rolling boned? Mm. Uh, I'm going to go with rolling well-toned. I think I, and I, 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 feel like I'm making it too simplistic, but I go from the kind of the New York rap scene of hearing, you know, rappers delight into like, uh, you know, run DMC into a tribe called quest into Wu Tang and all that. And this is the linchpin between, you know, kind of all of that. It kind of kicks off moving into what we know is kind of the, the heyday of the New York rap scene. And so I think it's, it's, Awesome. I love listening to it. So I think I'm just going to go with the rolling well-toned guys. The correct answer, by the way, is this is rolling should be in a museum. A museum. Yeah. You can't listen to this without listening to the future of hip hop. This is like going into a museum and seeing a uh, mausoleum. You're kind of like, I wouldn't want that in my apartment now, but I probably should learn about it. Like it's kind of a cool thing. Um, you can hear it when you hear public enemy, Will Smith, Nas Kendrick, it all starts with this album. I mean, I think this is a legitimate, like, like root for all of hip hop. It's everything you said better. I'm going to say it worse. And that's the way it goes. Uh, so next up, that is it for this week. Next up, we have an album that makes me think about my mortality. Because you're going to die. It's Appetite for Destruction. We got Guns N' oh, Roses oh, coming up. Yes. Oh, wow. I'm so excited. It's bad. What is that whistle? I'm going to do a parody song where it is the original words to Paradise Cities. The original words? Yeah. <laughs> what was it again, Russell? The original words? It's, girls are something that got girls are fat and they got big titties. Yeah. Perfect song. Matt, I was thinking if we do end up going to that same party together this weekend, we should put our names on our socks so your mother-in-law doesn't get them confused when she does her laundry afterwards. It's my mom. My mom does my laundry. My mom. Oh, Oh my God. I almost passed out again. That was so funny. Picturing you guys going to a a party with names on the socks. Again, a red flag for a fuck about Walk in and high five. All right. Here we go. Is that you under the mask? I can't tell. Wait, you're wearing the mask from the Jim Carrey movie? Smoke Did you shave your legs, Russell? <laughs> Somebody stop me at this fuck fest. Meanwhile, Aaron looks over and he's like, hey, there's a sea turtle. Oh. What? That's a good one. All right, we're doing this brain okay. coral. Okay. Here we go. Brain coral. <laughs> 